uh, how would they describe me and how they, I would hope they would describe me is always a little different <laughs> because they, they think I'm nuts. And this guy goes into prison for no apparent reason. Well, it's, it's for a reason. This is What's Your Passion? I am your host, Chad Sinkowski, and I aspire to inspire people through the people that I meet and interview. Like my, my guest today, Dawson Long. He is the broker of Five Points Realty and one of the owners of Chelsea Apartments in Savannah, Georgia. Thank you, Dawson. Thank you. How are you doing today? I'm feeling great. Always. All right. Now, for my, for my viewers... Who is Dawson Long? Can you give us a little background about who Dawson Long is? Where, where you got started uh, in real estate and everything? Well, I got started in real estate coming out of an insurance job. Um, somebody said, you've got to invest in this, uh, this, this house and this uh, property. And I thought we started studying a lot more about it and um, just uh, became a passion I like fixing things, messing with things, and right. um, it it uh, it was a very healthy uh, healthy way to look at the future, going the long haul, right, on investments. Yeah. Okay. I guess that's the important thing is looking, you know, the long haul, right? It's not going to happen. Absolutely. Like when you talk about, say, success or just your life, it's not going to be something that happens overnight. You have to look, you know, the long term. Right. Right. And so you were working in Atlanta, correct? Like right. you, you say rehab, you came out of Atlanta? <laughs> I came out of rehab right. from Atlanta. Right. You know, in Savannah, they look at you and go, you too. And because <laughs> drinking is a, is, a, right. is a thing in Savannah. <laughs> and uh, so, yes, I've, I've uh, enjoyed, uh, that's right after the insurance um, experience, I got into uh, inheritance money and Put some money at work at in older houses mm -hmm. in uh, Decatur in the in uh, what was the rough side and now is very nice side of Decatur and it uh, it was very rewarding to take something old and and make it new and really work on right. it with my like hands. You said you like fixing things. Oh yes, and, you know, oh, just, absolutely. You, like you said, you, it's a reward to be able to see. The, the changes, you know, taking something that's old and kind of refurbishing it, re oh, rehabilitating yeah. it and making it something new. And then somebody else getting that house, right? right. It's now their, their house. That's true. Yeah. So, yeah, I was working with the uh, um, Northside Realty up there and then um, another brokerage down in, in, uh, in the heart of Decatur. But uh, really enjoyed uh, learning, learning uh, real estate and fixing it up and uh and selling it right and, and now you're the broker of five points realty in savannah that's so right can you talk a little bit about what five points because i mean you have residential you got commercial you know what kind of real estate do you kind of deal with in savannah well five points realty mainly focuses on uh the management of the chelsea at five points apartments and uh that's my primary uh source of uh, busyness, you know, right. and, but I manage other people's property as well. Being a broker, you can manage other people's. And uh, so I manage 
uh, rentals, rental homes, uh, fourplexes, quadruplexes, um, duplexes, any, anything that needs management where um, someone just needs that professional step in and um, always ready for that extra business. But there are plenty of hats that I wear at uh, Chelsea at Five Points right. managing it. Yeah, and that's what I was going to ask. So can you talk about some of those? I mean, it's, I'm sure it keeps you pretty busy. It keeps me very busy. <laughs> and uh, this, the, uh, the Chelsea Apartments is 136 units. And so it is a, it's a community. And uh, it was built in 1947. So it's very old. It requires a lot of maintenance. Right. But uh, being that it requires a lot of maintenance, we have a big staff of people who are focused on uh, serving the tenants. And we are, we're able to, to come to the rescue, um, whereas most apartment communities of this size have one maintenance person. Right. Uh, we have four. So we are on top of everything we say. Um, but uh, we're also about uh, keeping people happy, but uh, uh, also helping people um, in their transition of usually when somebody comes to an apartment community, they're running from something. <laughs> Hopefully not the police. Right. <laughs> but uh, we look into that too. But they're, they're coming out of a situation that they need to be um, apart from. And so we provide um, a good listening to people that um, can bring hopefully a little healing, you know, because the, um, <clears throat> at the core of our, uh, our mission is really to help transform, bring transformation right. into their lives. Um, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, physical transformation to, to say, you've got a new place, you're safe, and, uh, um, or, or it's um, spiritual transformation. Right. We, I, um, I do a little prison ministry, and that, um, that bleeds into uh, helping other people. Too. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, because, and then I guess in some ways you're talking about like even assisting guidance, or giving guidance, right? Right. Because a lot of apartment complexes might just be like, they're kind of just like another number. You're our tenant. That's what we provide is the service. But you're saying you're providing beyond that, you know, spiritual guidance, uh, even just, I guess, really anything that they can need. Right. And you have the experience or somebody has the experience that you want to help them out, right? right. Kind of give them on the right path. Yeah, connecting people who uh, have abilities and to, to help minister, if you will, to others that don't. Um, we providing that listening to to uh, to people is key. Um, and uh, yes, we're not your average uh, apartment community, not at all. Right. Yeah, I think that's a big thing, though, because a lot of people they fail to listen, right? And and a lot of people that's all they want to be that all they want someone to do is listen to them. They want to be heard, you know, like maybe they are in a bad situation. They just want to be heard. And then by listening to them, you might say, you know what? I know the perfect person for you to help you out what you're trying to do. You know, maybe it, whether it's uh, an occupation or, or schooling or something like that they're trying to do, right? 
And some people did this, they need a little, uh, a little help, a little yeah. assistance, right? And mm-hmm. somebody to listen to them and believe in them and be like, you know what? You know, M- Mr. Dawson, he was, he was a pretty nice guy and he kind of <laughs> helped me out. And, you know, that can change a, a frown to a smile and just, just feel better, right? right. And, and say, you know what? I'm going to be able to do this. Whereas before that, maybe they just, you know, I don't have a chance to, to go to school or get this job that I'm, that I'm trying to, to get. Right. But so on that note, can you maybe talk about some hurdles or some things in your life where maybe it was difficult and you kind of made it through and it made you stronger? Well, uh, early on, I was in a car accident um, at the age of five, lost good percentage of my family. But um, I was in a coma for 13 days. And uh, I didn't even know about this, uh, of how severe it was until much, I was, I guess, reminded much later in life um, by a friend. And, uh, and it, it helped me uh, uh, focus on the bigger, the bigger picture, thinking that um, there, there's a reason that uh, yeah, I was allowed to hang around a little right. bit longer, and so uh, it, uh, you know, growing up real shy, um, just uh, feeling a little down because of those experiences sure. of family loss, and uh, it took me to Pennsylvania, uh, experienced another family loss there. My aunt died, so I moved in with my other aunt in uh, Savannah and grew up, but uh, the. The experience of, of loss actually can help you gain wisdom toward dealing with um, resolving to be happy about, or joyous, right? Mm-hmm. And you can't be happy all the time, but experiencing joy. And uh, without experiencing pain, you can't really see the other side of, uh, of that, which is joy, um, as opposed to fear and right. lack of faith. So I've um, I've grown in faith from uh, you know just hanging around exceptional people and uh, you know feeling a lot more optimistic than than most people. Right. So I'm I'm still <laughs> off the off the walls all the time. Do you think uh, it's it, it's the kind of like a muscle like the more. I think so. Yes. Because, I mean, if you focus on the negative, you're always going to get the negative things. If you focus on the positive, you're always going to get the positive. Maybe not always, but when you do come across a negative thing, it's easier to cope with it and get through it, right? And not just focus on that negative thing. Right. And so, like you said, over the years, I guess it's kind of like building a muscle, making it stronger. The more you, you stay kind of positive and you push through that negativity, you'll be that much better on the other side of it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I've enjoyed, uh, you know, it's, 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 you have to work on your spiritual muscle by hanging around and practicing um, those, those gifts that uh, you were given, that God gave you. Um, one is, uh, and some would dispute that I have a gift for singing, but I sing in, uh, <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a, the Compline choir. It's a, and, you know, I'm a humble person. I just try to stay humble. So it's great for me because the lights are down. <laughs> right. I, I have a face for dark rooms. <laughs> so cut the lights. Somewhere. It's like a face for radio. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, so 
I've enjoyed um, fellowship with people in that um, that choir, and uh, over the years, it uh, it has just helped you mold and um, grow to understand the deeper relationship with God. I mean, right. it's um, it's vital, but. Uh, and I also go to a church on rock and roll, so that's that's how we met uh, <laughs> yeah. through our fellow our fellow friend. But uh, so there are always two sides. Right. <laughs> and, uh, yes, but I enjoyed that. Now, you said later on after the accident, you finding out, you felt that you were kind of allowed to stick around. Do you believe that you have a certain purpose? Is there more than one purpose? Like, what, mm -hmm. can you kind of speak about purpose? Sure. You know, my favorite book is um, "The Purpose Driven Life" by uh, a, an author who's just just amazing, Rick Warren. And uh, he said there are really five purposes that we have in life: um, fellowship, discipleship, ministry, mission, and worship. And I'm of the personality that really contributes, I think, in the, in fellowship. Um, and uh, fellowship is uh, kind of at my core, what I believe my purpose is. And it, it ties into the purpose that I serve at the Chelsea Apartments, which is building community. Community is, um, is a vital uh, part of our lives, and we need each other. But uh, the, the community aspect is uh, helping, feel, helping others feel uh, like they belong and um, making sure that, that I'm a contributing factor to, to building that community is, uh, is key. Um, it, uh, it, it creates encouragement for others. I've known, been known to be an encourager. Right. You were, you were mentioning what people know for. Um, and, uh, but that's the key about um, tying in my purpose is one that builds community by sharing with others their, and helping identify their purpose and encouraging them. Right. You know. Would you say that purpose and passion are similar or the same, or you think they're different? Well, um, I guess the passion is just the volume, um, uh, the volume control, and the uh, the the purpose is uh, is really the hard drive. You, I mean, you've got to have right the the uh, that's got to be ingrained, and you've got to go deep. So the pur the purpose is like why you're here. The passion is like I guess how much you put into it or how driven you are towards mm -hmm. that purpose. So I somebody so. could have maybe more than one purpose, right? right? right. But it's just different levels of passion. Right. right. Okay. Yeah, they can have purpose um, in different levels of those, those purposes that were identified earlier. Um, you know, one was um, ministry, mission, worship. We all contribute and have purposes in within those right we have the strong levels really in that fellowship i think with is where my purpose lies right the strength is 
and, and I, th I think I kind of know the answer to this question, but what, what keeps you strong in times of difficulty? I'm, I'm sure your faith is probably one of the biggest things that keeps you strong right. when you, you right. uh, have adversity or negative right. you know, points in your life. Right. Surrounding yourself with other believers and um, the people that can uh, give you that sense of peace that you need, you know, by reassuring. Um, so, uh, I've, I've, uh, in through adversity, it's always important to know, um, to be, be calm, to, to know that you're not really in the driver's seat and right. to acknowledge that is so important to, um, to staying calm because everyone tries to control all their surroundings to say, all right, I've got to be in control of this. I've got to be in control of that. How am I going to pay the rent? Right. And uh, just by relaxing, we can often see ourselves through uh, faith, you know. And, um, and It seems to also make it a little bit easier mentally because when you're not calm, you seem to think emotionally, right? right. And you make the wrong decisions because you're, you, maybe some people are in such a rush. Like, I just need to get it done now. You know, I'm in control. And then... And like other times I've, you know, if I just stay calm, I'm kind of clear headed. I can think about it, you know, more logically and, and kind of take my time. And then it kind of just works out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Do you have, what kind of advice would you have for people that are watching that may want to get into real estate? Mm -hmm. Well, a number of the, uh, Realtor, realtors start in real estate with the uh, the idea that they're going to sell a lot of homes, and 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 that reality often doesn't come uh, through without serious, serious sacrifice. And I hadn't gone to that level because I was always involved in the investment side of real estate. But the uh, the importance I think is uh, to keep keep the long view and realize that uh, um, your, your investment in education is going to be vital um, and uh, understand that the, you've got billable hours too, not, not unlike uh, an attorney where they really keep, keep their right. tally. But uh, cr create the mindset of uh, the investment in, in uh, real estate in the long haul, investment in yourself, and then investment in real estate. Because when you um, you 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 churning your um, activities and your and your body's wearing out, running from here to there to, to get a closing done, uh, invest a little bit in the future to to create an investment that will pay pay you as well. You know, without the hassle, right? Of, uh, but there's rent collection, of course, but it's a less stress than uh, getting that closing. <laughs> right. Get, get that done. Yeah, because a lot of people think they're going to become, you know, mega rich overnight being a real estate, you know, mm -hmm. agent or something like that. And they're going to sell so many houses. But, you know, in reality, yeah, it's there's a lot of work that goes behind it, right? right. And then just, like you said, I guess like, yeah, like keeping yourself accountable to yourself. Right. So when it comes to investing or going to school, like, hey, if I'm going to do this for an hour, 
I'm going to spend a really good hour focusing on this and nothing else. Like you're, you're basically paying yourself, right? And like that hour needs to be a serious hour or however many hours that you're doing that of education or spending out there trying to close the deal, right? Yeah. So it's like 100% of your time is focused on that right. and that only. Right. Because oh. you know my personality was is easily diverted, you know. <laughs> right. You know, it's the same squirrel. for me. It can be, you know, diverted into something else and you're off onto some tangent, right? Always. <laughs> Always. Can you speak about... Um, some other maybe passions that you have. I know we spoke briefly before about some other things that you do in your life besides, you know, the, the brokerage of the Five Points Realty and the Chelsea Apartments. Maybe speak briefly about some of those other things that you have a passion sure. for. Um, I love sailing, um, sailing an old boat, but uh, it's sailing. Right. And, uh, you know, um, it's... Uh, it, I like uh, cycling and uh, singing. You know, those are the, the three S's. <laughs> you know, just, just spoken like an English major. Right. You know? But uh, yes, I'm, I'm excited about, uh, you know, when you have a health scare, um, and I've had a few, it, it inspires you to stay active and uh, keep going. So uh, I try, try that. I try that vigorously to stay in touch with uh, staying healthy. Right. So the cycling, can you talk about that a little bit? You, sure. I mean, you kind of told me, like, you start in, is it uh, in northern Georgia, right? Right. In the mountains. Well, this annual trek is a, uh, is a trek from a different part of Georgia, different state line um, uh, of Georgia, and it goes to another state line of Georgia. And there are so many, uh, there are hundreds of, hundreds and thousands of ways that you can cross the state of Georgia. And right. each year it's done differently. It's, uh, it's this brag, bicycle ride across Georgia. And uh, it's a lot of fun. This time we started up from in the mountains. What encouraged me that was we would start uphill and ride downhill up from Lookout Mountain to Columbus. And you know, it's all downhill. It's, it's not all downhill, and, uh, but I had to get in shape Made for that. Made it sound really easy, right? Yeah, it's all downhill. Yeah. <laughs> it's all breaks. Right. <laughs> right, not at all. But uh, that, that was, that's a lot of fun, um, cycling. Um, and, and sailing is, is another passion because I've, I've been able to reconnect with old friends who actually taught me sailing as a, when I was a kid. So um, that... That's uh, that's a lot of fun. Whether it's racing or cruising, you know, getting to a destination, um, it's a lot of fun. And my old alter ego is uh, Captain Long John. I mean, that's my name, John Long. But I got my captain's license to oh, be okay. able to uh, to do uh, excursions from here to wherever, whatever destination. And um, hooking up with one of your other interviewees, right? Um, to to uh, expand that that was really exciting um, it, so we're thinking about other other venues for for passions about uh, getting those things done that's great but uh, <laughs> yes I enjoyed that are there any books 
that you can share? I mean, I guess you talked about Rick Warren, right? The right. Purpose Driven Life. Are there any additional books or maybe leaders that you could, that you would tell someone about when it comes to uh, staying motivated or leadership skills, uh, success? Well, I don't, uh, I've read a lot of books and done a lot of um, things, but uh, for success, I, w- I would have to say, for success in real estate, I'd have to say Mike Ferry um, has probably the best uh, system for uh, real estate education. But uh, um, success, uh, really, I, I don't read a lot of books, but uh, uh, try to stay in, in the Word, the Bible daily. Um, try. Um, but uh, the... Uh, there's not really a, I mean, there's one, since I like singing so much, um, one of my f- uh, favorite uh, groups is Casting Crowns. And in describing me, uh, I think they wrote the song about me. I'm just a nobody <laughs> trying to tell everybody about somebody. Oh, wow. <laughs> Who saved my soul. You know? Right. And that's Jesus. But uh, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, fascinating to, um, you know, stay in uh, and find a, re- a writer or a speaker, a singer uh, who really connects with you and, um, you know, uh, pound some of those lyrics into your head. And it just, it's, uh, that's an important thing is if, if you're listening to music, might as well listen with a purpose, right? you know, so that... Uh, the music has, um, you know, Christian. Oh, that started with Christian rock, and um, I'm a new new fan of Christian rock of, of about five years, and uh, it's just um, it's great when you can get the message as well as the enjoyment of the right. music. And then, mm-hmm. like, I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of people listen to music on a daily basis. So then, like you're saying, there's a purpose to that music. So on a daily basis, you're getting that. You know that that medicine that oh, yeah. you know, like that help, right, Absolutely. to keep you on the the right path and keep you positive mm-hmm. constantly. That's yeah, that's good. How would others describe you? Like you could describe yourself, but how how do you think others would describe you, or how would you hope that they describe you? Uh, how would they? describe me and how they, I would hope they would describe me is always a little different <laughs> because they, they think I'm nuts. This guy goes into prison for no apparent reason. Well, it's, it's for a reason, but right. we, we, uh, but it's, uh, they, they think, uh, they think it's, uh, crazy in certain areas to do, to go in to, uh, prison, but, uh, they, they think they would describe me as, uh, an encourager, somebody uh, who gives an encouraging word to people. And uh, so I hope to be uh, and discern. That's the, that's the thing, to be able to discern um, how, how others are feeling, what their needs are, and be able to uh, answer that. In, um, so, yes, that encouraging part um 
sometimes it's a little annoying. Uh, sometimes when people come in, they're a little down, and I'll uh, come up to them and say, hi, my name's Dawson. How are you doing? Aren't you pumped? No, it's just, <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> right, they want always... somebody to be miserable with them, right, and tell yes. them that it's okay to feel bad. Yes. And, you know, like, if <laughs> you got somebody that's positive coming in, they're like, yeah. no, not another one of these guys. Turn them <laughs> off, turn them off, yeah. No, you have to warm up to it. Uh, I feel like you too sometimes, but you know it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. <laughs> um, no, it's it's funny to uh, deal with people with uh, and not taking yourself too seriously. That's 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 an that's a key thing that, that people whatever people think about me. I hope that they don't think that he takes himself too seriously, and that's what. Uh, that's what's key. You know, I, I had this thought, like the moment that you were talking about how people thought you were crazy that you go into prisons. And my thought was kind of crazy. And that is, so you're going into prisons, ministering to people, trying to help them transform their life. So when they get out, possibly, or just, I mean, some people may never get out, right? Right. But you still want to be able to transform their life. Right. The crazy thing to me is, if there had been somebody like that for that person before they even went in, they may right. have never went in, right? Right. And sometimes you don't really think about that. But mm -hmm. people would be like, yeah, you're kind of crazy going it. But, you know, not only does that benefit that person that's in there, but it benefits everybody else, especially when they come out. Right. You want them to be transformed. You want them to be leading a good life and not a life of crime that you never know could end up coming back to you or your family or somebody that you know, right? right? And by you going in there, it's it's benefiting them and everybody else. Right. We go in there, but uh, it's, it's, it's really, and we individually don't take credit for anything. But by going into prison, you're able to see the transformation, not caused by you, but by how the Holy Spirit works and uh, you're able to see visually uh, a changed person from uh, when we go in on a Thursday afternoon to when we come out on Sunday. Uh, is, we're talking about the Kairos prison ministry. You're able to see that transformation and uh, enjoy the fellowship um, and create these families, basically, a family of of nine people sitting at a table, six of the, the insiders, and three of us on the outside. The only difference is we on the outside weren't caught. Right. <laughs> These guys were caught. <laughs> we're all sinners. But uh, the fascinating thing is to see the visual transformation and the continued support that they get. It's not just a weekend that says, ta-da, fixed. It, it takes... Um, revisiting and going back every month and starting those. So just really quick. So those people that are in prison, are they always uh, receptive? Do they always want to talk to you or is it some, have you ever had people that were kind of not so much, but then they kind of changed their mind? Like maybe I do want to talk to you. That's kind right. Of thing. Yes. You know, they when do. you talk about building communities, you know, sometimes it's not going to be easy. No. And it's going to take some, some extra work and to try to help people along the way. Right. See, the thing is that uh, 
hundreds of people want to be a part of this program, so they sign up. And they, only 40, 42 of them are chosen. So, but then the warden of the prison says, you know, there are some gang leaders I'd really like for you to handle. This guy could really use it to help. And so initially, once they get in, um, there's a little pushback from them, but uh, most of the people do want to be there. But it ends up in almost a biblical manner that the people that weren't planning on going, who ended up there, end up being the influencers and the most transformed people, because that's what they are. If they're a gang leader, they're an influencer. Right. So they end up being the uh, the guidance following the experience over the weekend. Right. So it's it's powerful. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah, yeah because if you're an influencer, make it for a positive thing and not a negative thing, right? Right. And if you've got so many people that are following you, I mean, right, that could be pr- very profound. But it also, it takes, um, it takes an army of people to conduct one of these weekends. And uh, so much is dependent upon the outside support, too. So one of these weekends uh, is built up with prayer. And I have a card that I give to people who commit to 30 minutes of prayer. And, and all the 35, 40 of us who are uh, going into the prison, each of us has a duty to get hundreds of signatures to, um, of people who will pray for 30 minutes. And it creates uh, a prayer chain linked like this that goes around the entire gymnasium of Rogers State Prison. And that's where I serve. And it, uh, it's so powerful to the inmates who see that chain and it draws them to tears. It says, it, it, it hits their heart that someone is praying for them. Right. And they thought they were not and, worthy. Right. And that. someone cares for them, right? Because it's, I mean, yeah. I, I would think like a lot of times that's maybe kind of how they get there is they, they're not guided or they, they're not, uh, they're feeling worthy, right? They're kind of like, I'm a nobody, Right, mm-hmm. and they start going on the the wrong path, and and then they end up there, and but right. you know by the the grace of God, somebody like Dawson comes along, and you know the group, yeah. you know, and helps them out. Right, yeah. I mean, I know you don't want to take it as Humble an individual, Dawson. right? Yeah, you know, because it is group effort, right? Yeah. And that's you know when it comes to building communities, it's not just one person, but there's you know all kinds of people that help, right? In that regard, kind of for my last question, and it's. It's not so much a question, I guess trying to figure out the best way to, to put it in there as a question is, you know, each person and kind of having their own path, kind of a statement. But I've had some people approach me before, you know, knowing what I do when it comes to interviewing people and kind of a motivational, positive kind of thing. And they've said, hey, you know, what, do, what am I supposed to do? Like, I'm 30. I thought I was supposed to own a home by now. I was, you know, supposed to be married and have kids. But can you kind of speak to people having, like, do you believe that people have different paths, right? That everybody isn't on the same path, that you can't use age or anything else to, as a guide to say, I have to be successful by this age or I'm a failure, Right. You know, 
Oh, I mean, I would suggest um, <clears throat> go out, fail big, so that you can move on. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, the the important thing uh, it takes me back to the word kairos, which means uh, God's special time, and kairos relates to um, a woman having a baby. Her due date is June tenth, but it comes in God's time. So on June tenth, the uh, husband doesn't go and say, "All right, it's June tenth. You know, let's get to the hospital. Get uh, get that baby out of you." And right. um, but uh, it's in God's time when it comes, and uh, so it's uh, it's outside of outside of the regular Chronos time, but uh, Kairos time is very different. And um, people understanding that uh, their lives will, will flourish uh, in their purpose in God's time, not necessarily their schedule of what right. they put down. But, um, of course, setting goals is, is very important, but uh, finding the passion and then setting the goals um, is, is very vital to the fulfillment of that goal. So, yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled to... Uh, to make that, to answer that, the, the Kairos time right. versus the Kronos time. And if we focus on the Kairos time, we wouldn't be so pushy about getting others to perform their, what they need to do. Yeah, and it definitely makes a lot of sense because, yeah, there's too many people that compare themselves to other people, right? right. Either what they're capable of, which some people are, may not be physically or mentally capable of doing the same thing as somebody else. But then when it comes to time, saying, oh, well, they did it by the time they were 25. Why shouldn't I be able to do that? I should be able to do that. But yeah, so Cairo's time, yes, right? That's right. <laughs> I like that. Well, Dawson, I appreciate your time. Thank you I'm going to have much. to have you back again. We'll talk further on you know the, uh, the cycling of the, the prison ministries, I think it's the really really exciting and we could delve into that a lot you know that'd be great all right thank you absolutely it's my pleasure all right